Now, it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Your host, Teresa E. Keeves, is a professional mediator, here to educate, inform, enlighten, and inspire everyone about the great benefits in the process of professional mediation to resolve conflicts, disagreements, and disputes relating to business or personal matters. Now, here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Good morning. Good morning to you all out there. Thank you for listening to my show. This is Teresa E. Keeves, and I'm coming to you um, from beautiful Arizona. My show has put it all on the table through mediation. And uh, right now here in Arizona, our weather is beautiful. We have lots of sun. I can see the mountains very clear. Um, we are at about 60 degrees, and um, today is supposed to be 84 high. Yikes. Okay, some of you are probably saying, well, why are you saying yikes, Teresa? Because as I am looking at the weather patterns across this country, you guys, you know, you have areas where they are being bombarded with snow like never before, and then you have our state with the high temperatures, and it's only February. Now, what the heck are the possibilities of the temperatures, let's say in April, going to be for Arizona, okay? I hope not triple digits, guys, because I can remember one year when we were triple digits from like April all the way to November. We were, everyone was just like dragged down from all of that triple digit heat. So I, that's why I'm saying that I, I hope not triple digits and, and that's for sure because that would be way too soon. Um, I want to take a, a few moments here. And um, I would like to uh, take the few moments to offer my condolences to the family of the young woman, Kayla Mueller. She's from Prescott, Arizona. She was a 26-year-old American woman who was held hostage by the Islamic State in Syria, also known as ISIS. And report says that the U.S. government has confirmed that this young, beautiful woman, Kayla Mueller, was killed, reaching... Um, that conclusion after the group sent pictures of her body to her family. My condolences are extended to all of those families who have lost their loved ones due to senseless acts of violence. And one thing I know for sure is that I know they are being embraced in God's loving arms. Okay. I wanted to say that. All right. Now. Okay. I'm sure you all. Had a great week, and I'm looking forward to this Valentine's Day weekend. Uh, you know, because, get this, guys, my husband and I got married twice. <gasps> what? Okay, we had a wedding on December 29th, and we also, in California, it was a beautiful, intimate wedding, lovely ceremony. And then, um, in California, and then we had a big wedding for family and friends in downtown um Chicago at the Omni um, Hotel, and it was on a Friday, and it was on Valentine's Day. It was in the evening. It started at about 6.30 p.m. It was it was very lovely. So I'm just saying, you know, congratulations and happy anniversary to us again. All right. I thank you for tuning into my show. It is very much appreciated. And before we get started, I want to say one more thing. I want to give a shout-out to my engineer, Dave Olson. He is the best, in my opinion. You might be saying, uh, why is that? Well, because he is always timely. 
He keeps me on point, making certain I take breaks when they are supposed to be taken. Should there be any slips up, slip up on my part, he fixes it quickly during and after the show before particularly it goes to be archived. And he is very professional and just a nice guy. So I just, you know, I'm very glad that he's my engineer and I just wanted to give that little shout out. All right. At this time, I would like to say to you, my listeners, should you have any questions or comments for me and or my guest, please call in at one eight eight eight. Four six three six seven four eight. That's one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. All right. Now moving on. Today's show topic is bankruptcy. Is it a good idea? And my guest for discuss discussing today's topic is attorney Tracy Essex of Essex Law. Tracy Essex is the managing member of his law firm where he is a practicing attorney right here in the Phoenix area. And he is very astute and well-experienced in many areas of law that he practices, such as bankruptcy, creditor rights, tax in the areas involving bankruptcy, collections and assets protection, representation and advisor regarding impact of bankruptcy on tax debt, tax settlements, and offers in compromise with state, federal, and I'm sorry, municipalities on personal income, corporate income, transaction privilege, sales, and withholding tax, representation before various state boards, commercial litigation, property tax, eminent domain, construction law, real estate litigation, contracts, wills, trusts, and mediation. Representation includes private individuals, business, Chapter 7 trustees, receivers, and governmental agencies, including municipalities. Attorney Essex was admitted to the America, to, I'm sorry, to the Arizona Bar in 1988 and U.S. District Court, District of Arizona, and Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. He was educated at the University of Arizona. He received a bachelor, um, a BA in degrees in economics and political science. J.D. Magna Cum Laude, 1988. He also served as legal intern to the Judiciary Committee and Patents, Trademarks, and Copyrights. Subcommittee for Senator Dennis D. Consini is a member of Phi Alpha Delta, Delta. Tracy is certified English as a second language instructor and is certified mediator and arbitrator. Tracy was with the Arizona Attorney General's Office from 1992 to 2003 as Chief Counsel, Bankruptcy and Collection Enforcement Section, a nationally recognized program that handled the collection of debts owed to the state of Arizona. He was instrumental in the design and testing phase of the Bankruptcy Electronic Filing Program, which Arizona was one of the initial pilot programs. And this attorney also created and had oversight of one of the largest and most profitable bankruptcy and state collection programs in this country. Now, you see why I have him on my show. He has a vast and amazing membership, which includes like some of the things. I'm not going to name all of them, but it's Maricopa County Bar Association, State Bar of Arizona, um, Association for Conflict Resolution, uh, uh, the Arizona Association for Conflict Re- Resolution, and the Arizona Forum for Improved Taxation. 
And this attorney lectures locally, statewide, and nationally. He has authored many materials, books, articles, as well as having been chapter editor for several national publications. He was actively involved in litigation, I'm sorry, in legislation re, uh, regarding the bankruptcy abuse prevention and the Consumer Protection Act of 2005, including participation in drafting a number of key code provisions. Additionally, he drafted other legislation involving governmental rights in the tax debtor creditor rights and bankruptcy. And he assists many governmental agencies throughout the country in writing and presenting their legislation with regards to bankruptcy and collection. And once again, this is why I have this gentleman on my show. Thank you, Attorney Exis, for being on my show today to discuss this important topic. How are you today? I am fine. How are you, Teresa? And by the way, thank you very much for having me on your show. Absolutely. I'm, I'm very excited um, that I have all my guests, and particularly uh, with you here as we are discussing uh, bankruptcy. Now, through my conversation, is it okay if I call you Tracy? Of course. Of course. All right. All right. Let's jump right in. My first question to you, Tracy, is could you please define what is bankruptcy? Sure. Bankruptcy is a process by where people can have their individual personal liability on certain types of debt extinguished, wiped out, removed. Um, it's, a, it's a nice process so that people can get what is referred to as a fresh start. Somebody okay. Find them in the past. Okay, so this is where individuals who unfortunately have come across um, getting themselves into um, um, a, a lot of debt um and and now they they need to have some type of um you know resurrection or rectification of that they can file bankruptcy so and and get a fresh start so now having said that tracy aren't there different chapters yeah. bankruptcy that can build absolutely and you know bankruptcy is there because by and far the large number of filers in the bankruptcy tend to be senior citizens who incurred um, significant medical expenses. They all kind of think of bankruptcy being there for, you know, the person that, quote-unquote, abused the credit card. That's not the case. It's usually, someone again, had an unfortunate situation with medical expenses or there was some other event that occurred in their life that was unforeseeable, and they're faced with all these high debts. And that's why the bankruptcy mm-hmm. is there, in fact. It's so important that when the Constitution was passed, they put it in the first... Uh, article of the Constitution. But in the bankruptcy system, there are a number of chapters that people can file and use. For example, there's Chapter 7. Chapter 7 is a straight liquidation. Uh, literally, they go in and take all what's called non-exempt property, and there's certain protections that are afforded by our legislature covering property, and they can sell it, the trustee sells it, and makes distributions. Now, statistically, the Chapter 7 most of them are going to be no asset. That is, people are not giving up any property to get the benefits of the Chapter 7. Here's Chapter 11. Chapter 11 is the, for the most part, the one you hear in the news more about. Those are the uh, America West, the, uh, the let's see what else is there, Old Home Express, uh, TWA, I go down a laundry list of 
entities that have filed Chapter 11. Those are the businesses or individuals with large debts, and they create a plan by which to pay back their creditors and proceed on with their business. And then we have Chapter okay. 13 is for individuals. This is where individuals will have a five-year plan on how they're going to pay back their debts. And uh, it's a lower debt limit there, and again, it's limited solely to individuals. Okay. Now, I, you know, before we move on to the next uh, question, Tracy, I do have a question about Chapter 13. Uh, you said that this is a five-year plan of how um, individuals can repay their debt. As I said, this this bankruptcy can be, you know, somewhat an elusive thing to people and scary. So now with the five-year plan, um, people, have, has it been, you know, because you are the, you know, the, the guru um, on this subject, how, you know, uh, do you find in your practice, Tracy, that a lot of people fall out of their, of, of their plan? What is, you know, is the numbers show? is that in Chapter 13, when individuals have counsel assisting them through the bankruptcy process, about 82% of those individuals that file will successfully uh, complete a bankruptcy, and they're going to get their discharge. Uh, those individuals that don't have counsel, the numbers are like 12% that will successfully complete a Chapter 13 plan. But by wow. Large, by and large... The majority of individuals that file for bankruptcy protection are going to be Chapter 7. That's very interesting, that 82%. Now, what we're going to do uh, right now, uh, Tracy, is that we're going to take a brief break. And I I appreciate all you listeners out there. And please stay tuned because we have much more to talk about pertaining to this process of bankruptcy. disagreements with your landlord regarding your home or apartment that you are renting? Or have you fallen behind in your HOA payments and you cannot reason with the HOA Association for resolution of your issues? I can assist you. I am an independent professional mediator. My name is Teresa E. Keeves. Give me a call at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at mediationtalkshow.expert. You do not have to litigate your disagreements. They can be professionally mediated. The process of professional mediation is an effective, efficient, timely, and less costly method for resolving your disputes. Please give me a call for a 0283-7270. Now it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you for returning to my show. Um, I have my guest attorney, Tracy Essex, and we are talking about the process of bankruptcy. And the title of today's show is Bankruptcy, Is It a Good Idea? Before we took a break, my guest and I, Tracy, um, he gave me some interesting stats on um, the Chapter 13. My question to him is um, the five-year plan of uh, uh, for individuals to re- to get into this 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 chapter and they can repay their debt, I was asking him how many people fall out. He says that eighty two percent is with counsel and twelve percent is without counsel. I find that very interesting, um, um, Tracy. 82%, that eighty, yeah. If they have, if they have counsel, 
82% of those that file will successfully complete a bankruptcy. Those without mm-hmm. counsel, only 12% that file will successfully complete bankruptcy. So the numbers are quite large, and a significant difference mm-hmm. in Chapter 13, with and without counsel. Mm-hmm. So, so therefore, it would behoove... Um, uh, you know, uh, all all of the listeners out there and and or um, my peers out there as you're listening about bankruptcy and, and you like me, I'm getting more educated about this subject uh, matter here that it, you know, to have a counsel representing you in this process is definitely the way to go, I think. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Sharice. You're absolutely right. I will say, though, I mean, your listeners by being online, they, they show a willingness and a desire to gain knowledge through the Internet. And, you know, we're fortunate that the Arizona Bankruptcy Court has a fantastic website, and I would refer people to look at that, and that is at azb.uscourts.gov. And that way, they can go ahead and get some of the information if they have questions. There's a you know, frequently asked questions page, there's an introduction to bankruptcy, and they can look to that. And then what I really recommend is if they're going to meet with counsel, Write down the questions they have and make sure those questions get answered. But yeah. clearly, you know, bankruptcy is a complicated process. It's got its own language and its own small group of people that practice in that area and that know the system that can help the clients move through the process and get their discharge. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what every debtor is hoping to achieve. And I use the term debtor not pejoratively because... That's just the term, and it's a good thing that the bankruptcy system is there. We're lucky to have that in the U.S., but what they're trying to get is what's called this discharge. That extinguishes the personal liability. Credit cards, they can be wiped out. Some types of taxes can be wiped out. Um, hmm. I put on the laundry list that mm-hmm. where we're extinguishing these liabilities, and that's a good thing. It's, as I said before, that fresh start. People can get back into the system Back spending money again, keeping that economy going. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's no need to be, um, uh, you know, straddled by, you know, um, uh, debt and things like that. You can keep moving and be a viable uh, person in, in society. I, I, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Now, let's on to another. Yeah, I'm sorry, well, Tracy, go ahead. Say, and that's why I think the framers put it in the Constitution first off the bat. We want to deal with bankruptcy. It was that important. Mm-hmm. It's, it is. It's very important. And we are, and I totally agree with you, we are very lucky to have something like this in our in our country because a lot of countries do not have that. Once you have acquired debt, you, that's it. They don't care that, you know, you're going to repay it. They don't care what's happening. They don't want to restructure it. They don't want to hear anything. They want it back. So we're very blessed to be in this country overall anyway. Now, now, Tracy, in regards uh, to filing for bankruptcy, Shouldn't a person think about exactly what they are trying to get out of this process? Yes. Um, there are a lot of people that file bankruptcy that really don't need to file bankruptcy for whatever reason. Their income is too low. Uh, their income comes from Social Security. Uh, their tax, their their debt. Well, I will tell you, it always seems high to everyone. In the big scheme of things, maybe they've got a credit card that can be resolved by a settlement. And there may not be a reason to file bankruptcy. So you really have to go, why am I filing bankruptcy? Have I exhausted all of my remedies? And Because you know you don't get to file bankruptcy every day right back to back. It is a privilege that we have to be able to do that. 
And so you want to take advantage of those privileges when needed, but you don't want to misuse those and waste those privileges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because some people, um, I, you know, I just know just from talking to people that they have, um, you know, frequently filed bankruptcy. And it seems that some people do abuse it, as you just said, you know, okay, well, you know, I hope no one is thinking like this, but, you know, I'm just saying that uh, we do have some people that are not, you know, on the straight and narrow, let's say, and um, where they will, you know, use certain types of governmental programs and, and things to, you know, for their benefit. They'll go and they'll they'll acquire a whole lot of debt and then they'll go, OK, well, I'll just file bankruptcy. And, you know, have you ever run into people who filed bankruptcy for a number of times, Tracy? Yes. Um, and what happens is when you file bankruptcy, there is also an emotional component to that. I mean, in, in America, I'm going back to us being our country and our mentality. Our mentality is we want to pay debt. Mm-hmm. So going over that initial hump of filing the bankruptcy is against that initial grain of I want to pay our debt. Once you've broken past that, it's not uncommon for people to go, you know what, I've done it once. I can do it again because they've already got adjusted to it. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say that. And I am not saying that the majority of filers are repeat filers, but it's just not uncommon that somebody who's filing their second and third has done it before and has done gone through the stress aspect and removed that away from them. Um, mm-hmm. Also, you know, Congress, as well as there's a group called the United States Trustees Office, they're looking to make sure that there is no abuse that is going on. They're trying to minimize it. I wish I could tell you that all of the abuse has been removed. That's never going to be the case. But mm-hmm. by and large... Most of it has. By and large, people that are filing bankruptcy have done it because they've, in their mind, gone through the processes and said, you know what, it's important, I need to do this. Uh, I've gone through the process of the analysis, it's to my benefit. And they should be considering that and talking to their attorney about that as well and being confident about going to that bankruptcy filing. Mm-hmm. But okay. I will tell you, I've met with a lot of people that are thinking that they should be filing bankruptcy and there's really no need to it because they've got Social Security income, they've got bills that cannot be collected or, or, or gone after in that Social Security income, and there's no reason to. Okay. They'll use the money that they're going to pay an attorney for a bankruptcy and sell out that one claim that they're worried about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're, what, what you're saying is that what they owe, the, you know, the, the bankruptcy attorney uh, uh, fees could out... And particularly with uh, individuals uh, who live on uh, Social Security income, as you just mentioned, um, um, more often than not, probably, I don't know, I'm not I'm not the expert you are, but I'm just saying that it wouldn't even make sense for them to file um, bankruptcy, which is why individuals need to come to us in that. Absolutely. They need to make that, have that analysis done and so that they can make the determination, hey, is bankruptcy really the right approach that I should be doing? Have I exhausted everything? Or do I, do I not even have to worry about this whole system? Uh, they mm-hmm. really need to sit talk to someone that knows what they're doing on that yeah. and decide whether or not they do need to file bankruptcy. What is or are the goals that a person is trying to achieve by filing a bankruptcy? And does everyone or every type of entity receive the discharge from bankruptcy? And, Teresa, what people are trying to do with through a bankruptcy is get a discharge, or even an entity is trying to get a discharge. What is a discharge? That means mm-hmm. that there's a document that comes from the court that says you've completed the process, you've done everything you need to do, 
there can be no more personal collections against you, individual, or you, business, for these debts. But it's important to remember that if I go out and I buy a car, for instance, and I'm Mm -hmm. paying it off, and now I realize I can't afford to have this car anymore, and I file bankruptcy, well, they can't, once I get my discharge, they may not be able to pursue me for the liability outstanding, that deficiency. They can assert their lien and take the car back. So it doesn't wipe out liens. It only wipes out the personal aspect of it. The uh, uh, It's me. You can't go after me for this debt. Now, can anyone, can everyone get a type A discharge in bankruptcy? Individuals in a Chapter 11, in a 13, in a 7, they're going to be getting a discharge. Mm-hmm. But your LLCs, your corporations, they can get a discharge if they file 11, but if they file a 7, they don't get a discharge. And the reason why they don't get a discharge is because that entity is going to cease to exist. There's nothing out there that they can get, quote-unquote, to survive a business bankruptcy. But LLC goes by the wayside as does a corporation. In a 13, an LLC or a corporation cannot file in that chapter under for bankruptcy protection. So when we're talking about LLCs or corps, we're talking about 11s and 7s, and they can't get the discharge in the 7, but they can in an 11. Individuals can get discharged in all of those chapters. Oh, okay. That's something I definitely did not know. So an LLC goes by the way of corporations. So if they're filing bankruptcy, they have to do an 11. If they want to survive. The if they want to survive. Absolutely. Now, it's important to understand, though, with a Chapter 7 or an 11, with a business entity, LLC, or a corporation, the individual, even if it's a sole, single member LLC or a sole member corporation, mm-hmm. they can't handle the bankruptcy. They must have an attorney. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By law, you cannot have a individual that's not an attorney represent a corporation or LLC. Okay. And nor can okay. doctors do it or paralegals do it. It has to be counsel. It has to be counsel. Okay, yes. you guys hear that out there. Okay, now I'm going to ask um, um, you this question, and then we're going to take a break, and you can answer it when we come back, okay? Should everyone that owes money or has debts or claims file for bankruptcy? And I'm going to have you answer that when we return, Attorney Tracy, okay? Thank you very much. Do you have disagreements with your landlord regarding your home or apartment that you are renting? Or have you fallen behind in your HOA payments and you cannot reason with the HOA Association for resolution of your issues? I can assist you. I am an independent professional mediator. My name is Teresa E. Keeves. Give me a call at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at MediationTalkShow.Expert. You do not have to litigate your disagreements. They can be professionally mediated. The process of professional mediation is an effective, efficient, timely, and less costly method for resolving your disputes. Please give me a call for a 0283-7270. You're listening to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation with Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you for returning 
um, to my program with my show, the fabulous attorney Tracy Essex is my bankruptcy uh, specialist for the show. And um, before we went to break, I was asking Tracy the question, should everyone that owes money or has debts or claims file for bankruptcy? And he's going to answer that right now for us. Thank you, Teresa. And the answer to that is no. Uh, I meet with lots of individuals that come in and they think, I must file bankruptcy because I need to get out of this debt. It's the only way I can get on with my life. And that's not the answer. It may not be that one. You know, go ahead. If it's just wooden creditor that's really, you know, they're making the phone calls, they're driving you nuts with the, the, the nasty letters, the nasty calls, you know what? That person, an entity, may be willing to settle for less money than it would cost to file bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. The benefit of doing that way is on your credit report, it's going to show, hey, this debt was settled as opposed to a bankruptcy being filed. So it's always good mm-hmm. to find out, is there a way we can resolve this amicably? I know you do a lot of mediation. The same Mm -hmm. type of thing. Can we talk and resolve it without having to file bankruptcy? Mm -hmm. Also, the state legislature has created things called exemptions. Most people have heard of the homestead exemption. It means, hey, $150,000 of equity in the homestead, my home, is protected. Creditors can't get to that. Or I've got a a $6,000 exemption in my car. Or Social Security can be 100% protected, depending on how it's done. But So if I've got someone that comes in and their debts are just credit cards, and, mm-hmm. you know, the only income that they're living on right now is Social Security, is there any reason for them to be filing bankruptcy? Of course not. Why? Because even if the creditor was to go out and get a judgment, there's nothing they can touch. Assuming, again, that they're surviving on Social Security, assuming that their house has 100 less than $150,000 in equity, or their mm-hmm. car has less than $6,000 of equity, or if they're handicapped, less than 11000 So those are all these little factors that you can look at and go, you know what, in that situation, it doesn't make sense. Don't spend the money to file bankruptcy. Don't spend the time. Everything is very much fact and case-specific. But there mm-hmm. are lots of examples and lots of situations where it doesn't make sense to file bankruptcy. It's there. Mm-hmm. It's important to know. And in many cases, it is actually the appropriate and proper uh, method for addressing the financial situation, and the troubles that have come in. But mm-hmm. you want to make that decision and analysis. It's not something you want to do lightly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Now, moving on to our next question. Can you tell us and or give us examples of when a person should file for bankruptcy? You kind of touched on that a few moments ago. And I'll tell you, that's a tough question because people think, by and large, they're, they're either one extreme or the other. You have people rushing into bankruptcy when they don't need to, or they're staying away from bankruptcy when they really should be in it. A couple things, mm-hmm. there's no quick, you know, here's the calculation to figure out, boy, I should be in bankruptcy. But there's some good little, you know, warning signs. For example, okay. if you're going to the store and using credit cards to pay for food or you pay for your utilities, your necessities of life. If you're having to use a credit card because guess what, you just got that much in debt, bankruptcy is probably the right option. If you're looking at saying, hmm. I'm going to touch my IRA or my retirement to pay a credit card debt, mm-hmm. bankruptcy is probably the, the uh, option there because that's a protected asset. It's exempt. You don't want to be using that high protected item to pay a lowly credit card. 
Mm-hmm. So those are things you really want to make sure of. And if you're getting in those situations, clearly you want to look at bankruptcy as being the option. But also mm-hmm. I would stress out the following. If you are sitting there, you know, sleepless nights because you're going, God, what's going to happen tomorrow? Is the credit, creditor going to come in, knock on my door and take everything away from me? Or is the, the, the tax guy going to come in and take everything? Mm-hmm. Somebody. Get those questions addressed so you can make an informed decision. Should I be filing bankruptcy? Because it's there for mm-hmm. a reason. And in last year, a little under 20,000 people and entities filed for bankruptcy protection just in 2015 wow. alone. It's there. It serves a good function. Mm-hmm. So this is why people really need to do their homework Um you know, like, for example, coming to someone, you know, like you again, I mentioned that earlier, but, you know, I'm stressing that because someone want, you know, someone like you who have all the education and, and, and knowledge that you have and you could really guide a person and advise a person on what, you know, their best option or options are as they are now saddled with, you know, a, a lot of debt. So. Absolutely. All right. You're, okay. You're, all right. You're trying to be careful. So people have the informed answers and questions. Be careful mm-hmm. of the neighbor that says, you know, here's what I've heard. Because that's the one you have to be worried about. But when you talk to the person with knowledge, make sure that question, see if that neighbor was correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and that's, that, is, that is another thing. You know, uh, you know, I have had people who tell me, well, you know, my um, accountant says, you know, that I can do such and such and I always tell them, you know, you really need to go further. You, you know, you need to get with a, you know, a bankruptcy attorney and, and get that question answered. You know, um, I know that your, uh, you know, your accountant may be very smart in, in aspects of certain things, but they're not, that is, that is not their forte. So they really need to go in and seek that information out as you have been stressing throughout this program. Now have, I move on to another question because believe it or not, we're running. Our time is going. What about examples of when bankruptcy is not the best option? For example, debts or debts can be settled for less than a bankruptcy filing or the property is exempt and creditors cannot get to it, the property. And that would be examples of, I, for example, where you have tax debt that is non-dischargeable. As I said before, some tax debt can be discharged, can be extinguished so the government can't go after you. But if you've got mm-hmm. tax debt that can't be discharged, and that's the only reason why you're filing bankruptcy, then that's not the proper course of action. It's a waste of, waste of money and a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, if your property is fully protected or, God, God forbid, you, you don't have anything as far as assets that are above the, the exemption levels. And what I mean by that is on a fireside sale, a quick sale, you know, if my stuff in my house won't sell for more than $4,000 or I, I have a car that's worth less than $6,000 in equity or a house that's less than 150000 or my income comes, as I said earlier, about Social Security, those things that creditors can't touch. So if that's what I've got and that's all I've got, um, please, I'm not meaning that in a demeaning manner because that encompasses probably, I'd say, good 80 to 95% of the population, then there's no reason for a bankruptcy to be filed because there's nothing that could be collected or seized. Mm-hmm. Now, the caveat, though, if the situation is such that the person doesn't have that many assets as far as what they could be collected upon by a creditor, mm-hmm. but they're working, 
Then they face the possibility of garnishment. And that could change the entire picture. Okay. So we're going to look at what, what's there, what's not there. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so yeah. That's something, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's very interesting. So if a person does not have a lot of asset, but they're working and they're making, you know, a decent amount of money, particularly, then they can, then they can go after them by, through garnishment, correct? What about their, what about if they have some kind of savings? Can they, you know, can, can that be taken as well? They can. Your, each individual is entitled to $300 in, in a bank account. You get one bank account, you get an exempt mm-hmm. amount, is $300. A married couple would have up to $600 in the bank account. So mm-hmm. anything up and above that could be subject to collection by a creditor. Now, I give the, the thought to people, if you are banking at a bank that you owe money to, let's say I bank at Wells Fargo and I owe them a debt, but my mm-hmm. paycheck keeps going to a bank account in Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo doesn't actually have to sue me. When we all get that credit card and we all open that account at the bank, we give them the right to do an automatic set-off. So if they ever get nervous and stuff, they can just go in and take that money. So be very careful on that front. Mm. See, this is why, you know, you're going to come back because this is, this is very interesting. You know, you're, you know, you, you have a lot of information that I'm sure that, you know, um, you know, uh, people that are in the law field, um, you so, such as you, you know, and, and, and mediators such as myself and all this. And, and, uh, this is, this is very good information. So yeah, people would need to be careful about that, you know? Okay. The next question. Now. Tell us how, tell our listeners, Tracy, how often can you file for bankruptcy? In 2005, they changed the laws. It sounds a little bit more confusing than it used to be. But if I'm mm-hmm. filing, if I have already filed the Chapter 7, and I'm contemplating filing another Chapter 7, if I got my discharge in that first 7, I can't file bankruptcy and receive a discharge for 8 years. If I'm oh. going to a Chapter 7, and now I'm contemplating filing a 13, then I have to wait four years if I'm going to try and get a discharge in a Chapter 13. If I filed my initial bankruptcy was a 13, and I want to file now a 7 to mm-hmm. get a discharge, I have to wait six years. So I filed wow. Initially, and now I want to file another 13 and get a discharge, I have to wait two years. Now... Let me clarify something. You keep hearing me say, if I want to get a discharge in that second bankruptcy, mm-hmm. it could also be used. Let's say I filed the 13 before. I want to make a payment arrangement with a creditor, and they're not so happy to make that payment arrangement. I may be able to file bankruptcy sooner in that Chapter 13. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm going to pay to that creditor 100 cents on the dollar, because I'm not trying to get that discharge. If I do that, then I can file a 13 or an 11 sooner. I just got to recognize I'm not going to get that relief, that quote-unquote discharge, which is the extinguishment of personal liability, in that second case. I have to wait that time period. So I want to get that discharge. Okay. Because, you know, I often wonder that because, you know, as, as, as I'm saying, you know, you hear people, you know, you talk to ver- varying people, you know, in life or whatever, conversation, things like that. And, um, and they, 
you know, and I've known people that, oh, I'm going to, you know, file another bankruptcy. And then, you know, I'm thinking to myself, didn't they file bankruptcy, you know, not too long ago? We had this, this discussion. So this sheds a lot of light on, on it for me and my listening, um, audience as well, you know, so it depends, um, what you're saying, uh, Tracy. Like if you file a seven, and now you want to do an 11. It depends on when you file the 7. If you did a 13, now you want to do. So that's that's very interesting. And Once again. Point, way, Teresa, are paying attention. You know, if you've got the individual that's going to keep filing back to back, the judge may yeah. say, you know what, you, you, you're legally allowed to refile, but I don't like what your history looks like. So you're going to stay in my court. I'm always going to have that case signed back to me. Or mm. they may issue an order. If it's not complied with, then they may say, you know what, you can't file bankruptcy for another 180 days. Even if it was a legal, allowable time for you to file, mm-hmm. court could issue an order saying, no, guess what, you're not filing bankruptcy for at least another 180 days, which gives creditors an opportunity to pursue collection. Mm. So that's why we need to be very careful with this with this bankruptcy. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's something. Okay, I think it is time... Um, for us to take a break, but before we go, I have this, this, you know, our, our question, we're coming upon our last question, Tracy. So before we go on break, I want to ask you, who is the appropriate person to talk to about filing bankruptcy? For example, an attorney, a paralegal, or people who deem themselves bankruptcy specialist and may not be either a lawyer or pay or paralegal and, uh, Attorney Tracy is going to answer that for us when we return. Do you know that bullying in the workplace and in our schools, whether it's grammar schools or high schools, is becoming more and more prevalent? This includes the rise of verbal abuse and physical abuse to our senior citizens. As a matter of fact, bullying is on the cusp of becoming a dominant occurrence in today's society. For example, CareerBuilder.com survey of 2012 noted that about 50% of all workplace bullying goes unreported. And NBC News reported that bullying statistics of 2013 for senior citizens is on the rise in America. And that statistics for bullying-related incidences in our schools, well, unfortunately, it is on the rise. If you find yourself being bullied in school or in the workplace and you need someone to help resolve your differences with professionalism, fairness, impartiality, and given a platform to be heard, give me a call. Professional mediator Teresa E. Keys at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at mediationtalkshow.expert. Welcome back to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation. Here again, Teresa E. Keeves. I thank you for returning um, with me and my guest, Attorney Tracy Essex of Essex Law. And uh, we have um, had a great discussion uh, regarding bankruptcy. Uh, we talked about a lot of things uh, contained within the bankruptcy process, and um, um, Attorney uh, Essex will be returning to my show. Um, upon our uh, break, our last break, I was asking Tracy, who is the appropriate person to talk uh, to talk to about filing bankruptcy? For example, an attorney, a paralegal, or people who deem themselves bankruptcy specialists and may not be either a lawyer 
or a paralegal. Tracy, what do you think about that? You know, Teresa, I wish I could say that, you know, yeah, don't talk, yeah, don't talk to your neighbors or, or don't talk to other people about bankruptcy. Because naturally that's going to happen. People talk. But what I would suggest is if you're going to talk to an individual that doesn't practice bankruptcy, and I mean by that an attorney that doesn't practice bankruptcy, then be mm-hmm. very careful. Take what you're hearing with a grain of salt because the paralegal, the, quote, bankruptcy specialist, otherwise they refer to themselves as doctor repairs, they're actually not illegally allowed to give advice. So if they're sitting there mm-hmm. saying, you know, based on this debt, it can be discharged, you should do this, this, and that, to file Chapter 7 or Chapter 13, that's giving advice. They can't do that. Mm-hmm. What I would recommend is for your listeners, and again, you've got a great group of listeners, they're, they're here on the Internet, have them go to the Bankruptcy Court's website, which is at azb.uscourts.gov, there's a lot of questions that they can get answers right then. Mm-hmm. Write down the questions that they have. Maybe they looked at the website and said, you know what, I've heard from my neighbors the following. Write that down. Go to your attorney and say, look, here's the questions I've got. Make sure those questions get answered. And if you are not 100% comfortable with those answers, keep getting it. Keep asking that attorney, hey, what are you, I'm not clear yet. I'm at 99.9. I'm not there. Because my role as the attorney is to make sure you're 100% clear so you can make an informed decision. I can legally give advice. Attorneys can mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, th- yeah, attorneys can give it advice. And that's what, you know, that's what I, you know, I stress that to people, you know, to please go and, and talk to an attorney, you know. But one thing you pointed out is that that attorney should be like someone of yourself who is very much involved in the um, the process of bankruptcy, correct? Absolutely. The bankruptcy laws are changing. Case law is changing. A new case comes down. Boom, we have to interpret the law so differently. State law changes. That impacts bankruptcy. There's a lot of little things that influence bankruptcy. It may be that, hey, based on your facts, we want to wait six months prior to filing. Maybe the opposite. Mm-hmm. We need to get you in there soon. Because the law is about to go into effect, that's going to change things, and it's not beneficial. So these are all mm-hmm. very important items that you have to look at and go, when I'm sitting down there trying to decide what I want to do, I better have someone that I know that can know this information, someone that can give me advice. And that's mm-hmm. only an attorney. And mm-hmm. the, the, I guess the ironic part of it, having done this for so many years, is that uh-huh. when I do meet with people and they said, you know, I met with a doctor bearer, or I met with this person that claimed to have a bankruptcy specialist knowledge, uh, ended up charging more than the attorney. But, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Are you think, serious? Oh God, be, absolutely. Uh, you know, I've heard oh. stories where they paid three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 talking to, to non-attorneys. Oh. And, you know, they get the advice. The example, I'll give you a great one. Uh, they get the advice. Hey, look, I have a business that's an LLC, and I'm now they're pursuing collections against me. The business is dead. What do I do? And they've been advised, put the business into a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. It'll wipe it all out. Farthest thing from the truth, because they're going after the individual because they have a personal guarantee. The LLC is dead. Nothing to worry about there. Don't waste the money putting the LLC in the bankruptcy. That's just throwing good money after bad. Go mm-hmm. for yourself, you individually. So those are things mm-hmm. that you have to get somebody that knows what they're doing to go, look, what is the reality? What do we need to do? 
And that way your money is spent the best possible way if it needs to be spent at all. Mm-hmm. And and that makes a lot of sense. Is is you know and you know now what you have you know schooled us on about LLC and corporations and Chapter Eleven and and things like that. And what you've just said, you know, is like okay, well, you know, go under a, a Chapter Seven. You know, one thing that I want to say, Tracy, is that I hear so many people Chapter Seven, Chapter Seven, Chapter Seven. You know, it's like it's the you know end all be all Chapter Seven. Um. Do you find that when people come to you, they they go, I I, I want to file a Chapter Seven, and then you have to you have to school them on what exactly it is they they should be doing? Absolutely, you want to go and say, fine, tell me what's happening, tell me everything, because what may be relevant, what's important to you on an emotional point may not be relevant for the legal point, and what you think is not important to you on the emotional front may be very important legally. So those you get all the facts, you can give them the informed decision. But Chapter 7, which, as I said earlier, is by and far the largest chapter that gets filed. If a person who should be in bankruptcy can qualify for a 7, you know what? 7 is the better route to go. It's done mm-hmm. quick. You know, for the individual part of it, they're involved in a bankruptcy from start to finish probably for about 6 months, not the 5 years. It's also not as expensive as a Chapter 13 or a Chapter 11. And the kicker and this is always shocks people. Your credit score starts rebuilding in a Chapter 7 quicker than if you file a Chapter 13. Mm-hmm. You always think, well, for 13, if I'm paying back money towards this debt, shouldn't that help my credit much better than a Chapter 7? And the answer is, you know, theoretically, yes. The reality is, no. A 7 is better. Okay, and... But but still, you know, they they don't know all of the, you know, the, the the intricacies as you just pointed out. They're just saying what they probably heard someone else say and so forth and so on, but don't really don't really know, you know. Absolutely. I mean, I I had a consult come in uh, several weeks ago, and you know, they sit there and they my buddy told me I should file this, and we're talking, we're talking, and they go, okay, well, how much money you got in the savings account? Oh, in my savings account, I got fifteen thousand dollars. No, if you file the seven tomorrow, that fifteen thousand dollars would be gone. So you you have to figure out what's happening in your case to decide what's what's the best route for you to take. A uh, split decision. Mm-hmm. Listening to the neighbor who said, you know, my brother did this or my cousin did that. Quite frankly, that's irrelevant. It's what's important mm-hmm. to you. What do you, individual that's sitting there contemplating these issues, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one just because that was good for you know uh, my neighbor Bob or my you know my cousin um, uh, Anthony doesn't mean that's going to be for for me because all of our situations are different. So absolutely, it, I mean, let's see. Reality, the reality is, well, even when we're talking to our most closest of friends, mm-hmm. you know what? Not everything is shared about what's going on, and so when that person says, "I filed bankruptcy and I got this taken care of." You don't know everything that was going on with them because not mm-hmm. everything has been shared. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. You're absolutely correct. Well, my my great, great guest and my very, very, very good friend, Attorney Tracy Essex, we have come to our, our um, last question, and we're running out of time. And I have um, 
two minutes, but then I would like to give you that time, you know, to, to, um, you know, for you to, to wrap up, for you to say something, uh, to our, to our listeners about I, bankruptcy. I appreciate that. We are very lucky and grateful in this country to have that bankruptcy system. In other countries that I visited or looked into their bankruptcy laws, you know what? They can't go out if they have financial difficulties and buy another house or, or move on with their life. Bankruptcy is there. It's not to be abused. There may be other ways we can resolve issues without filing bankruptcy. But you know mm-hmm. what? It's one of those options that we have to look at as a tool that we could use to maybe help people get back on track because they had that bad incident happen with their life, you know, whether it be a medical bill or, a, or, or, God forbid, something else that occurs that hurt them and now they have all this debt. It's there. Let's use it as far as contemplating what we're going to do. Make sure you're informed, individuals, when you're looking at filing bankruptcy or resolving items. Make sure you have all of your questions answered. Make sure you feel comfortable with the person you're talking to about this. Does it make sense? If your gut says something doesn't make sense, doesn't seem right, trust your gut. I mean, think about it. When people generally say, you know, I did this and it turned out wrong, mm-hmm. they usually also say, you know, my gut told me that that wasn't the right way to go, but that wasn't the right mm-hmm. thing to do. That's the same as true here. Trust your gut. But it's an available benefit that we, we have in this country. Put it on the table. Let's think about it. It also can be used many other ways. If I'm selling a business, maybe I can sell it through a bankruptcy and get some positive benefits from that as well by cleaning up some of the debt. So okay. it's a great option based on the facts of your specific situation. Okay. Well, thank you very much, um, Attorney Tracy Essex of Essex uh, Law, based here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I really appreciate um him taking his time um, from his from his busy day to come on and speak with me and my listeners. And I would like to say, should any of you um, would like to uh, contact a- Attorney Essex, you may do so by calling him at area code 602-493-2326. That's area code 602-493-2326. And um, we are running out of time. And thank you very much and have a great day.